the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Oh, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. you on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Henry Moss. Welcome to the program. If you're interested in theology, if you're interested in prophecy, if you're interested in biblical studies, this is the place for you. The Bible Talk program, Pastor Moss, Pastor of Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministries, glad to be with you. Uh, uh, the number to call is area code 866-423-9578. But before you start calling, we've got to call somebody in right now to be with us, and that is my friend, Minister Alrita Dodge. How you doing, Alrita? Oh, I'm fine, Pastor Moss. How are you? <laughs> real good, real good. What are you doing now? Working on your fifth book, your sixth book? Which one? <laughs> well, uh, I just got finished working on my e-book of the um, – uh, the the new book, the newest book, latest book that I have, the right to be Christian in a gay rights miracle. So the ebook came out uh, earlier this year. So now I'm just uh, getting ready to go into seminary. That's what I'm working on. I'm not working on any particular book right now, but I am, um, of course, talking about this one and uh, trying to promote it and trying to get the information out there. Well, goodness gracious, I mean, uh, Minister Dodge, either you're uh, uh, teaching or you're writing a book or you're going to a seminary working on a degree. I mean, you're just as busy as busy can be, and we're glad for it. <laughs> well, God, God keeps me busy, that's for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I suppose I still have some work to do here on earth. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. We still, and that's, it's a blessing, isn't it? Going to all the world. Yes, ab- our, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, an absolute uh, blessing. Yeah, that's what we live for as Christians, and especially if we're ministers of the gospel. So, just wonderful. Yes. But what's on the agenda today uh, as we deal well, with this issue? It's so, it's just, it's amazing to even contemplate the kind of discussions that we see on, you know, on uh, the news. Where are we headed? Yeah, well, you know, 
I thought, you know, it would be good to just talk uh, again about some of the, you know, in my book, I just talk about a lot of the, um, a lot of the very popular arguments. And I know we've gone over some of them, some of them we haven't. And so huh? I thought it would be interesting to talk about a couple of them. Go ahead. Okay, yes, great. Ahead. All right. Well, one of the arguments <clears throat> is, um, it's it's uh, in my book uh, on page 91. Uh, it's called the language arguments. I put that uh, under there. And um, basically, okay, so the, the the title of the book is The Right to be Christian and the Gay Rights in America. And it is a, yeah. uh, it, it's a apologetic, actually. It's defending the faith. The subtitle is A Biblical and Constitutional Defense Against the Persecution of Christians Who Do Not Support Homosexuality. So my book is for Christians to have tools to be able to defend the faith and defend why uh, they they can we cannot uh, support or approve of or participate in the affirmation of uh, homosexuality and the LGBTQ lifestyle. And uh, so there are a lot of po- popular arguments out there on their side, and a, a lot of us Christians just don't know how to respond. So on page 91 of my book, uh, I... Um, I have I have it subtitled. Well, it's um, it's chapter three, popular gay affirming arguments, and then uh, the subtitle of, in this page is the language arguments. So one of their arguments is that the word homosexual didn't materialize until recently, and there was no word for homosexual in the ancient uh, Greek and Hebrew languages, and so they feel that you know since um, the Bible, you know more more of the um, modern day. Um, um, uh, translations such as the New International Version or the New Living Translation or what have you uses the word homosexual. That you know, since it, that word just materialized uh, in the English language not too long ago, uh, that, that that somehow discredits the, the Bible when it comes to this subject. Also, so the counter argument would be uh, that it's true that the word homosexual, all right, wasn't coined, uh, you know, until the 1800s. But the behavior of homosexuality is described in Leviticus 18.22, Leviticus 20.13, and Romans 1 and 24 through 27, uh, without the use of any descriptive word. So um, the the description is there. Uh, The description is a man lying with a man as he would with a woman. Or, or, and leaving the natural affection of a woman to be with a man, and a woman leaving the natural affection of a man to be with a woman. So um, clearly the Bible is referring to sex, and clearly the Bible is referring to homosexual acts. Uh, so uh, I say that the, you know, the translators of the later English Bible translations, they, they simply put the word homosexuality into the appropriate scriptural text since, you know, English has now adopted the word. And this word was originally coined by um, German psychologist Carl Maria Kentbenny, also known as Caroline Maria Kentbenny. Uh, now, this is, a, this is a gentleman. This is a man. Uh, and he, he, he also coined the word heterosexual. So um, in our modern times, when we use the word homosexual, we're referring to men who lie with men as they would with a woman, um, and vice versa when it comes to uh, women. So that argument just doesn't fly, you know, because the actual, yes, the, you know, the actual activity is, is talked about in the Bible. Yes. You're doing exactly right, but it just baffles my mind. So, so if there wasn't a word murder, 
but yet it was described mm-hmm. as evil, a brick or something like a, a stones, like they did in the Old Testament, and kill someone, then they'd say that uh, there's no such thing as murder. What kind of logic are they using? Well, you know, um, it's it's very interesting that it's really quite, you know, disturbing on some levels because logic or just, I don't know, common sense or something has just gone out the window here with this, um, all of this, um, the, you know, the um, homosexuality and the LGBTQ, uh, you know, that since, since they were able to uh, get the marriage rights, uh, they have gone out of bounds. I mean, we've got, I just recently heard of a child, I think he's six or seven, who was in school, and, you know, now the schools are saying that the kids have to use the pronouns uh, of, you know, say if there's another kid that has identified as the opposite sex of what they were born naturally, you know, say if it's a girl and she wants to be called he or their parents want her to be called he or whatever, that all the children in the school, and I forget what school this was, uh, I, I should have, uh, but uh, recently I read about this, all the children in the school have to um, have to go along with calling, say, a girl he. Uh, and uh, this one little boy, you know, I think he was six or seven, well, gee, you know, I he, they were they were supposed to call them they. That was they. And this one little boy messed up and called this little boy. Uh, and yeah, it was the opposite. He is a boy. He called the little boy a she. The, the boy is a boy instead of they, or instead of she. You know, he's six, right? And my, my understanding, if I, I've got this right, I couldn't believe I was reading this, is that they wanted to. Uh, charge this little boy and I don't know not legally but the school was accusing him of sexual harassment because he didn't get the pronoun right and his parents had to come this is just it's gotten to a point where it's it's disturbing because it's affecting children you know um, and that this doesn't make any kind of sense at all uh, we've got schools that are teaching you know, children, but unbeknownst to the parents, about gay marriage, uh, they'll have these particular books, the two kings or the two dads. You know, there's some real popular books out there uh, in, uh, that uh, the LGBTQ community, you know, embraces that are um, infiltrating the schools, and a lot of parents don't know that the kids are being taught this. Uh, but to punish a child because they're not getting the pronouns right, now, uh, many adults have been taken to court, uh, but a, a couple of people won their cases. Uh, many Christians have been taken to court because they refuse, you know, they're in the workplace. Uh, and I'm so glad I'm not in the workplace right now. My goodness, I couldn't imagine. You know, wow. uh, but when I was in the workplace, I, I, had a, I had an incident where I thought they were going to, you know, fire me because I refused to do something when this, where this is concerned. But anyway, uh, they are refusing. You know, a lot of a lot of adults, Christian adults, are saying I'm not going to call a he a she or a she a he because that makes me participate in the affirmation of this. You're forcing me to try to affirm this, uh, and I can't do it. And so they've been fired. They've had to go to court to try to get their jobs back. 
it's it's ridiculous. And if if you go to the Alliance Defending Freedom, you just go to their uh, Facebook page, or you know you look them up on the internet, go to their website. They have all these cases uh, that they're that they are defending. They are uh, Christian lawyers who defend people for free who are being persecuted. This is a type of persecution when people threaten your job and your livelihood. Persecuted in the workforce because of they won't call a he a, 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 a she uh, who's a woman, a biological woman, a he, you know, because she's identifying as a man. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's for, it's they're trying to force people to participate in this uh, under threat of um, losing your business, losing your job. And they're getting the children involved, you know, and it's just, um, it's, so when you say, you know, I just don't understand. Yeah, it's gotten really absurd. And, and what's gotten me about it? What gets me about it is how fast this stuff has happened. I mean, it's like you uh, went to bed one night, you woke up, and the world was changed. And all well, these yeah, things, yeah. You know, how could it go, especially because uh, it doesn't seem like the, the legal system moves that fast, but yet it's moved fast enough to give credence to all these things that are against our history and our laws for years. How did it happen so yeah. fast, uh, Mr. Doss? Well, you know, um, actually, you know, there's been, there's, there's been quite a bit of, it's been brewing for quite some time. Uh, and there's been, uh, you know, quite a bit of, uh, there was quite a bit of um, uh, case law regarding this, you know. Uh, you, you know, so we've got the Establishment Clause uh, in the in the uh, Constitution. In 1971, it came to the forefront when the Supreme Court ruled against Pennsylvania's non-public elementary secondary education act as being unconstitutional. You know, so we, um, and it, it had to do with uh, uh well, there's, there's just without getting into the, you know, too detailed about the um, all the Supreme Court cases. I I have these cases. I talk about these cases in uh, my ebook. But one thing has uh, led to another, uh, and you know, it it all started with um, uh, courts ruling on cases where there was prayer in school and things of that sort, and then. One thing led to another, and before you knew it, know it, they were ruling on some other things that had to do with Christianity, like maybe putting out Christmas displays. Uh, you know, I mean, these cases, and, and one thing led to another, and uh, because the, you know, there's always this argument regarding um, the interpretation of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment uh, of the Bill of Rights, uh, and. It, it really came to a head in uh, 2015 when the Supreme Court, uh, that when they when they uh, made uh, same-sex marriage uh, legal in all 50 states, that somehow it seemed to trigger this um, uh, entitlement in the uh, LGBTQ community that. Uh, everybody now must agree with our lifestyle or else. And what you're saying is very, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Uh, uh, do you see what I think I'm going to see? 
I, I'm thinking that private schools are going to come back really strong if this continues, uh, because that's the only way, seemingly, uh, to get away from what's happening to our public schools, uh, because this is mm-hmm. becoming, it pointed out, something that is accepted uh, by uh, the government, and it's got into our uh, legal system. Uh, number two, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm pretty sure, down the line, there's going to be some real protests. Okay? I'm thinking in terms of marches, because uh, if anything uh, should draw out the Christian community into political action, it would be this. W- wouldn't you agree? Well, you know, here's the <laughs> you would think so, right? But let me tell oh. you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the church, I, you know, in talking to the, you know, because I, I've talked with the church, you know, members of the church about these things. And, yes, there are members, you know, of the church like you and I who are saying we have got to call a spade a spade, right? This is, we got to say something. But the church in general uh, is not really, you know, the overall church. There's so much uh, turmoil within the church over this particular subject. You've got a lot of church folks who agree with the lifestyle and then you've got and but here's the here's the um sinister part and when i say sinister i mean i believe this is a tool of the devil working against christians in this area of conservative christians or christians who think like you or i regarding this uh particular subject this thing that you know we've got to love the gay people and it's like absolutely we have to love them you know, um, we should love the uh, folks in the LGBTQ community. Absolutely. There's no argument with that. But what happens is the definition of love now, even in the church, as far as loving, you know, this group of people, means that you do not uh, push any buttons. You don't say it's a sin. You don't say, you know, um, if you continue in this practice, you know, for First uh, Corinthians 6 and 9, you know, you it says that, you know, if we practice any kind of sin, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. You don't say that because that's right. not loving. And so what happens is folks like you and me, we get accused of not being loving because we're telling the truth. And I have had to say to Christians, look, what's not loving is if I don't tell the truth. You know, I've had to say it over and over again that, um, me saying that homosexuality is a sin, that a man with a man and a woman with a woman is a sin, just like adultery is, just like prostitution is, just like sex before marriage. If I say prostitution, sex before marriage, adultery is sin, I'm not going to lose my job. But if I say homosexuality is a sin, I'm a homophobe, I'm hateful, I don't love the people in the LGBTQ community, I'm not showing Christian love. This is a tool to me. This is a demonic tool because it's so pervasive in the church now that if you say anything that says homosexuality is a sin, you get labeled as a hater, not by the LGBTQ community. Yes, by them, a lot of them as well, but by the church. The church is going to say you're not being loving. So what happens is we coddle people in their sin. That's what the church is doing. Instead of convicting them that it is a sin, we coddle them in their sins, and we just let them walk off the bridge. That we just let them walk off the, the, the you know, the, the, the cliff 
and we think mm-hmm. this is love. What kind of love is this? Even when Jesus uh, rescued the woman in adultery, at the end of the whole thing, he said, now, okay, go sin no more. You know, right. Uh, right. Even, so, when he, even when he sat with sinners, right, he, he, uh-huh. you know, he, was, he was telling them, hey, I'm sitting with sinners because the sinners are the ones that need a doctor. You, you know, see, people will say, well, Jesus sat with sinners, so we got to be loving. Yeah, but, but w- let's look at the whole, let's look at all of it. Don't just look at half of it. You know, Jesus sat with, uh, with, with sinners, uh, but um, uh, as a matter of fact, that's in, uh, that's in Mark uh, chapter 2, verses 15 through uh, 17. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'll read it here. Uh, now it happened, uh, verse 15, as he was dining in Levi's house, that many tax collectors and sinners also sat together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, they said to his disciples, how is it that he eats and drinks with tax, tax collectors and sinners? Verse 17, when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So the thing is, when people quote this, the particular passage, they seem to leave out uh, verse uh, 17. Where Jesus is saying, well, I'm sitting with them because they are sinners. They need a doctor. They're sick. I got to heal them. They, they, left, yeah. they leave that completely out. And they just said Jesus sat with sinners. So Jesus wasn't coddling them. You know, no. Jesus, you know apparently he was sitting with them to let them know, hey, you, you need a, you, you're sick. You need a physician. You need a doctor. He wasn't there to just, you know, coddle them in their sin. He was there apparently to teach them some things about what they were doing. But, you know, you you got to read it in context, right? So I have come to realize that the greatest weapon that the devil is using, I believe, and I, I know I'm stepping out on a limb saying this, but that the greatest weapon that the devil is using in the church regarding a homosexual, uh, the homosexual issue is that if you say anything that says it's a sin, the church will accuse you of not being loving. And the church will coddle the, uh, them. And so there are many churches where, you know, now I agree. The church also should not coddle adulterers. The church also should not coddle uh, fornicators, people who are having sex before marriage, you know. Um, and people will say, well, the church just lets that go on, you know, and, and that's true. A lot of the churches do. The, the difference is the church that knows it's a sin. They say it's a sin, and if the church says it's a sin, nobody's going to come and arrest them or try to, you know, say they're not being loving because they said sex before marriage is a sin or adultery is a sin or prostitution is a sin or incest is a sin. You say homosexuality is a sin, and all of a sudden you're not being loving. You're not the loving Christian you should be. Just let them come in and hold hands and, you know, um, let them sit and, and listen to the sermons, but never say anything about what they're doing. You know, uh, because now it's it's even unpopular to preach about sin in the pulpit. Look at what how look at the ploy that I believe Satan is using against the church. You know, nobody wants to be unloving. Nobody nobody wants to be you know to say it's for the church to say you're being hateful. So that stops a lot of people from saying anything. And a lot of people have been convinced. A lot of Christians. I've been convinced that if I say anything to the homosexual community, if there's somebody in my church who's a girl dressing like a boy or a boy dressing like a girl, 
then I shouldn't I shouldn't say anything. I, we should just love them. We should just uh, let them come and, and worship. And yes, we should let the, I, not we should let them come in. You know, but uh, I, we I think you, we should also, and we should do this with anybody who's who's sinning. It was any sin, pull them aside and talk to them and say, okay, now I've noticed that you've been coming in with your, you know, with your uh, partner there, and you guys are, are huddled up, and this is a bad uh, influence to the church. You know, people forget First uh, Corinthians 5, where there was a man, and Paul talked about it, there was a man who was um, having sex with his uh, stepmother, and it, Paul was like, we, hey, what's the church? Well, the church was coddling it. They were even proud about it. Nobody was doing anything. They let this man come in, and the stepmother apparently sit around, and, you know, who knows what was going on, but it was obvious this was going on, and the church did not address it. And Paul said, you have to address this. And if they don't stop, excommunicate them, and then pray That's for right. them and bring them back, you know. Uh, but you got to call the sin out. You can't just let this happen in the church. Well, apparently everybody's just thrown away First Corinthians chapter 5 when it comes to know. homosexuality. And we've been talking yeah. about it here. It's, it's, it becomes real clear. And what happens is that term, there's a term you use. Uh, I think we should make it a good a theological term, coddling, because coddling. that's kind of yeah. what many of the, the uh, people in pulpits are doing today, coddling, going yeah. along with yeah. it, not realizing that you show love by pointing out sin. And yes. then you know, uh, right, coddling instead yeah. of convicting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's you know, part of our, our uh, and, uh, then you're and, supposed and to repent your sins. It's died on the cross for your sins. But now, uh, right. uh, I guess, and to keep the the numbers going and to be popular, this coddling is going on. And you're and you're right. But it's just amazing how quickly it uh, uh, is in and how it's right in front of us now. Uh, it's a, uh, yes, the because the church is not speaking out. If you're right. The church would be the only the only institution. If anybody's going to speak out, it's supposed to be the, the church. Now, the church spoke out about, you know, abortion. But the church hasn't really spoke out, I'm just saying overall in America, about this because the church is so split on it. And now there's this um, demonic ploy, I believe, you know, that if you say something about it, you're not being loving. That wasn't the case with, you know, the abortion issues and things of that sort and some other issues, racism and, you know, other issues we had. But with this, if you say anything about it, you are not being loving, you're being hateful. And, see, nobody wants to be identified in that way. So, yes, the church ends up coddling, uh, not right. convicting people about it. And this hurts them. You know, um, what, you know you love you. means... Telling the truth, yes. That's interesting because you're so interesting. But you're, boy, our time is running out. But I'm, okay. I uh, ask you, uh, in, uh, in 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 terms of this, when uh, 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 in, in terms of dealing with this whole situation of the coddling that takes place in the church, uh, we, uh, definitely we've, uh, we've we've got to do it. We've got to be bold about doing it, and we've got to make sure that. Uh, that it becomes a part of our Christian work and, and service to do so. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's just uh, amazing at how quick this has come, and to me how the legal system has caved in on it. What, uh, mm-hmm. what I, I'd like to, to have you talk about next time is uh, looking at the uh, 
response is going, why it's so easy to do this? And then this dilemma, this is really a dilemma, because I know of your psychological training as well, uh, Minister Dodd, let everybody know everything that you got. <laughs> and, and so what happens, why is science, because you know like I do, that science is yielding to this. I mean, I've heard them on television talking about a man can get pregnant and all this kinds of stuff. What's mm. going? I would like for you to explain and break down for us next time why is, you're right about the church, but also, and I'm sure mm-hmm. you agree, the scientific community is caving in on this. Yeah. You're, you're, you're right. It's, yes, it's, um, yeah, so absolutely. We can definitely uh, talk about that because the scientific community, uh, well, you know, the health community, you know, though, actually it's the, um, yeah, the, the the folks that you know your your, your health community, uh, they are saying these things, uh, yeah, and you know, it's pretty, yeah, and it's just it's 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 just it's just it's gone, um, it's out of bounds. It's just amazing, well, but you know, unless you're God, next time, I'm gonna hit that hard, yeah, <laughs> and tell us, okay. yeah, we'll we'll, we'll wait till next time. You know, yeah. so um, church topic. Tell us that science part. Why are the scientists? I mean, people talk about yeah, a man can have can get pregnant. Oh, all right. We yeah. thank you. We well, you, very you know, much. not not without not without a, um, a a uterus, and they're probably going to try to figure out some way to put a uterus in in him. That's what I'm assuming. But you know, I don't know. I'll 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 look through I'll look through that. One thing's for sure, though. God said that he, you know, if you want to believe a lot of crazy stuff, he will leave. You up, you know. He will leave you up to your own reprobate mind. As, after a while, he'll let you believe it. And this is That's what right. I think is happening to the church. Right. To the church, how the church believes all this stuff? Gotta you let know, you go. So, we look for your time. Okay. Uh, well, be talking to you. This is a Rita Dodge, everyone. Boy, can uh, I tell them where to get the book? All of us do, and uh, they can get your book by uh, 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 doing what, uh, Alita? Well, they can get the book. At uh, Amazon.com, that's probably the best place to get it right now. You can get it. It's, it's nationally distributed, so you can go to your favorite bookstore and get it. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can get it online almost anywhere. But uh, it's probably for those who like ordering online, you can get it. Uh, the ebook, of course, is um, Amazon.com. Uh, it's Kindle, Nook, Kobo. Uh, you know, it, it's about five uh, e- ebook sources, and you can get that at Amazon. And you can also get the paperback at uh, Amazon.com and at your favorite bookstore and BarnesandNoble.com and all of that. The name of the book is The Right to Be Christian and a Gay Rights America. My name is Elrita. That's E-L-R-E-T-A. D-O-D-D-S. Put my name in the search field on Amazon, and it'll pop up. All right. God bless you, my dear. We'll see you next time. Keep on working. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Moss. God bless you, too. I really appreciate coming on the show. All right. God bless you. Pastor Moss here on Bible Talk. Wow. Wow. Church, we need to get ready, serve the Lord, and get ready to go home with Jesus. Taking all this out before before uh, we face this. Number to call the air code 866 We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. suffer from lower back pain, knee pain, foot pain, or fallen arches? Do you? 
If yes, just stop and write this magic word, G-Defy, G-D-E-F-Y. What is G-Defy? G-Defy is the footwear designed by Gravity Defier Medical Technology with the worldwide patented VersoShock sole. Their shoes are clinically shown to relieve pain by a double-blind clinical study conducted by Oliveview UCLA Medical Center. You can try a pair for 30 days with free corrective fit orthotic inserts. If you're not satisfied, just return the shoes for a full refund and keep the free orthotics as a gift. Put an end to suffering. Save $20 and get free shipping from Gravity Defier when you go to gdefy.com slash radio and use code radio. That's gdefy.com slash radio, code radio. You have nothing to lose but your pain. If you want to make a difference in your life that impacts you for years to come, then it's time to stand with Israel by going there. Consider the thrilling excitement of joining nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka and renowned author and filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza on the Stand with Israel Tour November 30th through December 9th, 2022. Journey through the Holy Land with two of the most respected political commentators of today. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour. You can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float on the Dead Sea, and take a boat out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to reserve your spot or call 855-565-5519. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519 to book today. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss is back with more next. Faith Talk Detroit is hosting a positive parenting event with Dr. Daniel Huerta, Vice President of Parenting and Youth at Focus on the Family and author of Seven Traits of Effective Parenting on Friday, September 16th at Heritage Church in Sterling Heights. Dr. Daniel Huerta will speak on the seven traits of effective parenting and provide resources to help you become the parent God is calling you to be. Tickets are on sale now at faithtalktetroit.com. General admission tickets are $14.99 each or a family four-pack for $50. The Seven Traits of Effective Parenting is a simple framework that will help you grow your parenting journey and be the most effective parent you can be. Join Faith Talk Detroit on Friday, September 16th at Heritage Church for Focus on the Family's Seven Traits of Effective Parenting with Dr. Daniel Huerta. General admission tickets are $14.99 or a family four-pack for $50. For additional info and to purchase tickets, go to faithtalkdetroit.com. Number to call area code eight six six four two three nine five seven eight area code eight six six four two three nine five seven eight to be on the air Bible talk with Pastor Moss and I want you guys to know you're dealing with one of the best sound technicians we got Brian's on the job he's doing a wonderful job for us we appreciate it and we've just been looking at uh, uh, I would say uh, proof that we're in the last days and. Uh, we're getting deeper and deeper into those last days. Uh, and so I think now, uh, as I see with many other teachers, 
there is some emphasis, more emphasis than we've seen before on end-time events, on eschatology. And so, in the time we have remaining, let's take a look at pre-tribulationism. Now, wait a minute, don't get all upset with me. I am a pre-tribber. Yes, yes I am. However, I have no problems with the mid-trib view. I have no problem with the post-trib view. I do not consider pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib to be heretical in themselves. As long as you believe that Jesus Christ and believe and know that Jesus Christ is coming back, you're orthodox, okay? You don't have to be a pre-tribber, okay? Just believe, uh, be a believer in Jesus' return. You don't have to be a mid-tribber. Just believe in Jesus' return. You don't have to be a uh, uh, post-tribber, okay? Just be one who believes and knows that Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth. That's it. Okay? That is where I am in eschatology. But being a pre-tribber, I get along well with the other views. The only folks I don't get along well with would be those in the kingdom of the cults, okay, where they say that Jesus, um, you know, uh, he's coming back invisibly, okay. In fact, some uh, of the cults say he's already come back invisibly. Yeah, right. Bible doesn't say that, okay. It says he comes in clouds and every eye will see him, okay. So I'm not here to debate with you on post-tribulationism or mid-tribulationism. I'm going to look at the pre-trib view, and I will look at the other views as well, yes. And so you'll find out that I'm uh, 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 fair in my uh, theological and eschatology approach to this. But if we look at pre-tribulation, pre-tribulationism, number one, what that basically says is that the rapture occurs before the tribulation. That is the view. Rapture occurs before the tribulation. Now, one thing that pre-trib is helpful for is this, uh, keeping you alert. That's right. In fact, we, we know he, that the rapture will take place before the tribulation, but we do not know exactly when the tribulation is going to take place. So basically, Jesus Christ could come back at any time, okay? And uh, that is what he told us. He says, you know, I come as a thief in the night, okay? And if you're going to be ready for thieves, you've got to be looking for them uh, way up front, all right? So... Uh, Definitely uh, the rapture, okay? There is going to be a rapture. When will it take place? We don't know. But we are told to be ready when it comes. Now, of course, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 10, which is interesting here, okay, where this is where a lot of uh, pre-tribbers find their support, okay, for the doctrine of a pre-trib rapture. In Revelation chapter 3 and at verse 10, where it says, uh, this is what the words of Jesus himself to John, because, this is Revelation 3 and 10, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Okay, notice again. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the earth to try them that dwell on the earth. So, seemingly here, that these are those who will be kept out of the hour of temptation, which shall come upon the world. That is what 
uh, pre-trib means is that the church is taken away before the judgment comes. That is the uh, the, the pre-trib view. Okay, um, and so there are those who in, uh, are uh, waiting and now not not saying that we know when it's going to occur, but we do know it's going to occur. And seemingly here, this is saying that there's a strong possibility that it could take place uh, before the tribulation, okay? That God takes his people and snatches them out of here, okay? So that is the, uh, uh, the, the pre-trib view. However, the thing is, for us to be ready always, because we do not know exactly when it's going to take place, and so that's why that thief in the night analogy is so good, right? It's so good, all right? So... Uh, number one, the rapture occurs before the tribulation, if you are pre-tribber, okay? Uh, the church uh, experiences uh, Revelation 3.10, okay, uh, before the tribulation, okay? We experience that. will be before the tribulation. Church is gone, which then, number the third point is the day of the Lord begins with the tribulation, okay? So the actual day of the Lord begins with the tribulation, now, Isaiah, very interesting. If we go to uh, uh, the Old Testament and look at another prophet here, and I, I would tell you this, John, Gospel of John, is absolutely fantastic. But also, the book of uh, Isaiah, wow, okay? If there's any uh, companion study with Revelation that you use and get a lot out of, that would be uh, Isaiah. Man, Isaiah says some stuff. Notice. Over in Isaiah chapter 13, where it says in verse 6. Now, look at what Isaiah says about the tribulation period, right? And he kind of backs up Revelation chapter 3 in a way. Here in Isaiah 13 and 6, here's what he says. Hallow ye, okay, for the, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and it shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. Therefore shall all hands be faint, and every man's heart shall melt. Okay? So he's talking about the fear that the tribulation uh, period would bring. And they shall be afraid. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold on them. And they shall be in pain as a woman that travails. Uh, pregnancy here is talking about. And that they shall be a, a, a amazed one at another. Their faces shall be as flames. And I used to wonder what that was talking about when I was younger. What do you mean their faces are flames? Are their faces burning? No. In other words, the, 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 what it's talking about is the fact that they will be so afraid till you know, when you're afraid, it shows up on your face, right? So it's going to be like their faces are changing because of the fear that comes about uh, during the tribulation period. Okay? So, we have 13.9, but... And take a break. We'll be right back. Truth for Life, Alistair Begg looks at what would happen if our world was absent a biblical foundation. Reason and evidence have been set aside, and emotion begins to take its place. And when that happens, 
reality becomes whatever you want it to be. So how should we respond? Find out Monday on Truth For Life. Alistair Begg, weekday mornings at 8.30 on FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Faith Talk Detroit. FM 92.7, AM 1500, the mobile app or on the web. We're all the same great Faith Talk Detroit. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Before abortion was legalized, pro-abortion activists claimed tens of thousands of women died from illegal back alley abortions. One of those people, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, later admitted those numbers were totally false. According to the U.S. Vital Statistics, only 39 women died from illegal abortions the year before Roe v. Wade. Today, the extreme pro-abortion organization called Occupy Democrats claims the same outrageous numbers. They also claim Roe was the end of women dying from abortions. This is another lie. Hundreds of women have died from legal abortions since Roe. And those are only the reported ones. Most go unreported. Abortion advocates will say and do anything to keep the lucrative abortion industry humming along while women and their babies suffer. Like us on Facebook at Life Issues and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss is back with more next. This is Luke Hammett. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow, and now Mike Lindell has just announced that our listeners will receive one of his books, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, absolutely free with any purchase using the promo code LUKE. It's a great time to buy his warm and wonderful My Slippers. They are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. They're made with My Pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time only, Mike Lindell is offering 50% off on all my slippers. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener's square and use the promo code LUKE. You will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products, including some overstock products such as individual towels, blankets, comforters, and so much more. Call 800-861-6525 and use the promo code LUKE. That's 800-861-6525 and use the promo code LUKE at checkout. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. You're listening to FM 92.7 and AM 1500 WLQV, Faith Talk Detroit, in Odyssey Station. Number to call, area code 866-423-9578, area code 866-423-9578. To be on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Henry Moss. Uh, welcome to the program if you've just tuned in. Uh, and hopefully if you've been uh, hanging on, you've uh, learning some interesting things as we go into looking at what Isaiah has to say about uh, the tribulation period. And he does describe this in Isaiah chapter 13 and verse 9. When he says, Behold, the day of the Lord comes cruel, with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate. Now notice here, here's the target okay, of what happens during the tribulation, God's judgment upon uh, the world. Here's what it says again, here in Isaiah 13, 9, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, 
cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners therefore out of it. Okay? So notice this. Okay? The tribulation comes, and according to what it says in Isaiah, the target of it are sinners, those who are not believers in Jesus Christ. Right? And this is the same uh, New Testament orientation we have towards it as well, that it comes to punish the wicked. Okay? This becomes a part of their judgment. We see some of this in the Synoptic Gospels as well, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, dealing with the future. Notice here in Isaiah 13 and 10, For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in its going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. Right? And here, references that come from Isaiah, uh, both from Matthew 24, and also Mark chapter 13, which, as you know, talk about the uh, coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as well. All right? So, uh, so we can see here that Isaiah uh, is in sync with what we see in our New Testament documents concerning uh, the coming of Jesus Christ and also the day of wrath or tribulation, right? And Isaiah goes on in Isaiah and in chapter 13, verse 11. And it says this, and I will punish the world. Notice it doesn't say the church, okay? But in Isaiah 13 and 11, and I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease. And I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible, okay? So it seems like the target, okay, of tribulation, okay? The target of the tribulation period is punishment on an unrepentant world, okay? That as we can see by what we've heard Sister Dodds talk about today, we can watch it right on television, a world that is getting worse and worse morally, okay? Uh, operationally, politically, in almost every area you can think of, we are going down and not up. And that's exactly what the Bible tells us is going to happen. And it tells us that, it says here in Isaiah 13 and 11, And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease. And I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. And goes on to say, I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. Therefore, I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall move out of her place. I just let you know that this isn't talking about just a normal kind of battle. Talking about nation. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. radio stations are here for you no subscriptions or monthly fees necessary we're here to give you the news weather and traffic you need and the music you love but if the foreign-owned record labels get their way it could stop the music they want congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music don't let radio go silent text local to 52886 and tell congress to protect local radio stations this message furnished by the national association of broadcasters Christianity the world over sprang from just a small group of disciples 2,000 years ago, aided and directed by the Holy Spirit. This week on A New Beginning, 
Pastor Greg Laurie says we can use the same power to reach our generation with the gospel. Learn more this week on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Tune in mornings at 10 on WLQV FM 92.7 and AM 1500. Faith Talk Detroit is hosting a positive parenting event with Dr. Daniel Huerta, Vice President of Parenting and Youth at Focus on the Family and author of Seven Traits of Effective Parenting on Friday, September 16th at Heritage Church in Sterling Heights. Dr. Daniel Huerta will speak on the seven traits of effective parenting and provide resources to help you become the parent God is calling you to be. Tickets are on sale now at faithtalkdetroit.com. General admission tickets are $14.99 each or a family four-pack for $50. The Seven Traits of Effective Parenting is a simple framework that will help you grow your parenting journey and be the most effective parent you can be. Join Faith Talk Detroit on Friday, September 16th at Heritage Church for Focus on the Family's Seven Traits of Effective Parenting with Dr. Daniel Huerta. General admission tickets are $14.99 or a family four-pack for $50. For additional info and to purchase tickets, go to faithtalkdetroit.com. Bible Talk with Pastor Emery Moss is back with more next. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? My name is Ron Legrand, and over the past 40 years, I've bought over 3,000 houses without using my money or credit and taught thousands to do the same. Today, even in a virtual environment, we buy nice houses in nice neighborhoods using no banks, realtors, contractors, or other costly entanglements, and build huge cash flow and wealth without the hassle of tenants, all without credit and little or no money. You don't need a license or experience, and I'll show you exactly how it's done. Text RON to 99799, and I'll send you my free training. I promise I'll change the way you think about real estate and open the door to a new lifestyle that doesn't involve risk or rehabs and can quickly replace your current income. Text RON to 99799, and let me show you how to take your life back and build cash flow and wealth from your home. That's Ron to 99799. Again, text Ron to 99799. All right, that number to call, area code 866-423-9578. Area code 866-423-9578. We're on the air, Bible Talk with Pastor Emmy Moss. In the final segment of our program, have had a good time being with you as we look uh, here at first talking to uh, Minister Dodds, so enlightening, uh, and then uh, just uh, taking a look at where we're headed, okay? And uh, what we both talked about kind of ties together. We're in the last days. And what happens is, uh, over here in Isaiah 13, and got to remember, that uh, definitely all of the prophets saw some of the same things as John saw in the book of Revelation. And we can make a comparison of some of these uh, uh, things uh, by comparing uh, the various books. Here in Isaiah 13 and 11, where it says, I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease, and I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Okay? So seems like the wrath of God, all right, comes to punish the world, okay? not Christians, but the world, the wicked world, right? So uh, that could lend credence to the pre-trib view where, in fact, the righteous 
taken with the Lord okay, into the air, meet him in the clouds, okay, uh, and then the tribulation period begins uh, on the earth, all right? But more time, we're going to detail about that. In verse 12, it's going to be so bad during that time, okay, during the tribulation, where it says in Isaiah 13 and 12, I will make a man more precious than the fine gold, even a man as the golden wedge of Ophir. So it's saying that uh, men's lives will be more precious than fine gold. Okay? That's always the way it should be. Uh, but what this is pointing out is the fact that we have often in our society and in our world put money above humanity, all right? as that uh, that's our goal to become rich rather than to, you know, help others, okay? So uh, we're just looking at uh, wickedness uh, and materialism during the tribulation period that will be dealt with. Notice this one, verse 13, Isaiah chapter 13, verse 13, where it says, and I will shake the heavens. So we can see here that Isaiah is not just talking about some local battle, okay? He says, I will shake the heavens and the earth shall remove out of her place, <laughs> right? That is talking about more than just a local battle in a local, uh, you know, area. This is talking about the tribulation, okay, the tribulation that's coming. Wherefore, I will shake the heavens and the earth and shall remove them out of her, uh, her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and the day of his fierce anger. That's right. Okay? The heavens will be shaken. The earth moved out of her That's what's coming. And the only salvation can be found in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening in today. I want to thank Minister Dodds. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Sponsored by Bible Boot Camp Ministries. For most people, the topic of Christian liberty comes down to a pair of simple questions. What can I do and what can I not do? But instead, you should focus on what sets you apart from the rest of the world and how to live in a way that points others to Christ. John MacArthur shows you why on the next Grace to You. So join me, John MacArthur, and study along on Grace to You weekday mornings at 8 here on WLQV. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 